It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. I'm John Sancier. A day after what seemed like encouraging news about the war on Ukraine, some discouraging news. As it looks like Russian forces are still attacking areas they said they would let up on. They're not just pulling their forces away from the capital because this is some kind of retreat, withdrawal, or that they're going back to their home garrison. These Russian forces are simply repositioning themselves. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. A redeployment, not a withdrawal. The assessment for the Pentagon as the Russian war on Ukraine drags on and more civilian areas are being targeted. A big question, though, about just how organized is the Russian military in all this? From the top down. Officials I've spoken to say it's very clear from the start that Vladimir Putin was not informed about how poorly his forces would do in this invasion of Ukraine. We're speaking today with Fox's Lucas Tomlinson, who's reporting from the Pentagon about the latest U.S. assessment of Russian military posture in Ukraine. When you look at the past five weeks, one NATO official estimates that up to 15,000 Russian soldiers have been killed in Ukraine. Clearly, this invasion has backfired on President Putin, and now... An unnamed U.S. official in Washington has told just about every media outlet here that Putin has not been informed. Now, many retired generals, some of whom have been on our air today at Fox, say there's no way that a general would keep his job if he wasn't informing President Putin. So I think there's a little bit of skepticism that everybody should take with this report. At the same time, I think the facts speak for themselves, and and that is President Putin thought that Ukraine and Russia were one people. He wrote a 5,000-word essay on the subject over the summer. Two days before the invasion, he essentially read that out loud. And then on what used to be called Red Army Day, uh, he launched this invasion of Ukraine, and it has not gone according to plans. Remember, even Western intelligence sources thought that the Russians would essentially drive right into the capital, Kiev, and take over the government, and perhaps uh, kill Vladimir Zelensky and, and take over the country. That has not happened. Uh, Ukraine forces have fought very well, and clearly Putin has not been informed. And, and one of the aspects uh, of this report is that President Putin didn't know that so many conscripts were being used. Again, there's a little bit of skepticism there because clearly he should know how his own military operates. It is not all volunteer force or in in Russia they call it contract soldiers. Uh, It's not just made up of volunteers. About a quarter of all the Russian soldiers in Ukraine, about 150,000 strong, about a quarter of that number are conscripts. And of the 15,000 Russian troops killed Lucas, I'm surprised how many higher level Russian troops have been mixed up in that. We're talking about generals, Russian generals and other high ranking officers. What have you heard on that front? 
This kind of combat has not been seen on the European continent since World War II. It's certainly the largest refugee crisis. Just today, the United Nations said over 4 million refugees have now fled Ukraine. John, that's about 10% of the population, just to show you how dire. If that was happening here in America, we would be talking about 30 million Americans fleeing the country. 10% of Ukraine has left the country. It's a country of about 40 million people. Uh, in terms of uh, the generals being killed, this invasion is not gone well and and you know it's it's important for our listeners to know that you know the russian forces don't operate like the u.s military when you think of that sergeant that platoon sergeant the squad leader we make positions of leadership at some of the lowest levels the fire team leader in the marine corps you know that leadership starts at some of the not just the lowest levels but just that that corporal who might be in charge of just three or four marines but that Marine knows how to lead. He knows the plan. He's been briefed. He knows that in the absence of orders, he will find a way. That's how it works. The Russian military we're learning is not like that at all. That Russian corporal, that Russian sergeant doesn't know anything about what's happening. That's what officials have told me. Only at the highest levels are these plans distributed. And that's where I think some of this reporting comes with, you know, from this unnamed official who's saying that Putin did not know you know, what exactly was happening because he wasn't being kept informed. It's very clear the Russian military's lines of communication are not very strong. In fact, you could tie this into some of the logistical nightmares the Russian forces have experienced in Ukraine. You know, convoys stalled, you know, trouble fueling vehicles, and of course, these, these Russian shanks just getting annihilated by these Javelin missiles that the Biden administration and, and many NATO allies are flooding into the country. So, bottom line, uh, when you have communication breakdowns like this, you need more generals to go to the front lines. And so I think that is why you're seeing so many generals of up to seven now at last count have been reportedly killed. Fox News cannot independently verify these claims. Uh, you know, the Ukrainian government has been putting out some real eye opening numbers. In fact, they think even more Russian soldiers have been killed. You know, some of these things have to be, uh, you know, taken, uh, you know, have to be measured because you realize, uh, of course, the Ukrainians want some of these you know, numbers out there. But again, NATO officials think that up to 15,000 Russian soldiers have been killed. I mean, you have that many being slaughtered in the battlefield. That's going to include some of the higher ranking officers. Why? Entire units are being annihilated, John. And Russia's military shifting their strategy as well. You were at a press conference earlier today, the Pentagon, where spokesman John Kirby talked about what the U.S. military assessment is with how Russia is acting. Now, Russia said after peace talks on Tuesday with Ukraine that they would be pulling troops out or at least decreasing combat operations, especially north of the capital of Kiev. But the Pentagon, Lucas, is saying instead of a withdrawal, this is more like a repositioning. You want to talk a little bit more about that and why Russia's had to change their strategy? That's right, John. Well, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby made it clear today that he thinks what the Russians are claiming is all spin, that they're not just pulling their forces away from the capital because this is some kind of retreat, withdrawal, or that they're going back to their home garrison. These Russian forces are simply repositioning themselves. And officials I've spoken to say this is why these negotiations that Moscow is having with Kiev in uh, Turkey right now with, with officials from Ukraine and Russia. One of the issues with any kind of proposed ceasefires is who benefits. And certainly if you're 
the Russian forces and you've been getting slaughtered on the battlefield, uh, any kind of ceasefire only helps them. And Russia has played this for decades, John. They will go into negotiations. In this case, they're taking part in Turkey right now. they will go into negotiations. They'll declare a ceasefire. They'll say, you know, establish so-called humanitarian corridors for people to be able to evacuate. But it also gives Russian forces time to regroup, rearm, and to call in reinforcements. And that's what John Kirby said is happening. He said about 20% of the troops around Ukraine's capital city have withdrawn back to Belarus. But None of those Russian forces, of course, are based in Belarus. They're back in Belarus to rearm and to regroup. And none, Kirby was very clear, none of the Russian units are going back to their home garrison back in Russia. Okay, I saw a report, Lucas, today. First time I've seen anything like this, and I didn't exactly know what it meant, so I'm hoping you can explain a little bit more. That there is a large group of so-called Russian mercenaries entering Ukraine, this Wagner group. I don't know who are they. How big are they in terms of numbers, and what's their mission inside Ukraine? Well, John, think of the Wagner Group as like the evil version of Blackwater. These are contracted Russian, former Russian soldiers. Many of them have been serving on the African continent. Uh, Many have been serving in Syria and throughout the Middle East. These are essentially, uh, for many years, you know, deniable forces, Uh, almost like uh, you heard that term, little green men, when the Russian forces took over Crimea and parts of the Donbass and eastern Ukraine, but nobody was wearing insignia. That's what's happening here. We're speaking today with Fox's Lucas Tomlinson, who's reporting from the Pentagon about the latest U.S. assessment of Russian military posture in Ukraine. We'll have more for you on the other side of this. Let's focus on probably the place that's gotten it the worst so far, the southern Ukrainian city of Mariupol, which has been under siege from Russia's shelling, both by land and sea. People have been unable to get out of there. We've seen a number of civilian areas, including a maternity hospital targeted by Russia in the city of Mariupol. Lucas, we're hearing now that they're potentially the Russians could be carpet bombing Mariupol. Haven't heard that term since, what, World War II? It's kind of scary stuff. Can you talk about that a little bit? Officials say over 5,000 Ukrainian civilians have been killed in that coastal city, which, John, Mariupol is about the size of Miami. So when you put it in that context that both Miami and Mariupol in southeast Ukraine are coastal cities, the devastation has been incredible. Uh, satellite imagery released from Maxar uh, shows it. It's it's one click away. Let's describe it. Just entire parking, you know, entire apartment complexes, parking structures, everything that you can imagine in a city has been leveled. Schools, of course, that theater, there were reports that over 300 innocent Ukrainians were killed hiding in the basement of a theater. They had even scrawled in big letters uh, the word children outside so that Russian jets overhead would see that there are innocent civilians in uh, the theater, and again, it was bombed. There's reports and Im- satellite imagery that show Red Cross buildings that have been bombed. You know, a lot of Ukrainians, you hear it all the time when you're, when you're out there. I just spent almost six weeks on the ground in Ukraine. You hear people talk all the time, close the sky. From President Zelensky all down, everybody begs, close the sky. They want to see NATO fighter jets uh, patrolling the air. In fact, uh, just in- yesterday, the Pentagon announced that 10 U.S. Marine Corps F-18 Super Hornets are to to Lithuania, but make no mistake, no U.S. military aircraft are going to be flying over Ukraine. One of the problems is 
Officials say not a no-fly zone would not stop the more than 1,300 missiles that Russia has fired into Ukraine and is having devastating effects. And certainly Mariupol, it's a tragic situation. It's really tragic over much of the country, but particularly there. Again, Mariupol is a city about the size of Miami. About 500,000 citizens resided there before the war, and now most of them have left, and there's been thousands of innocents killed, including children. It's really crazy to see the before and after images of Mariupol, which looked like a beautiful city, but now obviously not. We're speaking today with Fox News reporter Lucas Tomlinson. You just heard him say he got back from a longer stint in Ukraine. He's now back stateside. He's in his normal position reporting at the Pentagon. Lucas, over the Pentagon, officials are watching this whole conflict extremely closely. They're getting reports and filtering them back to reporters and whatnot. They're giving press conferences and trying to figure out how to best help Ukraine with this. Your job, though, is to watch the Pentagon and take a look at what they're doing. So I want to know from your assessment, how do you feel the Pentagon thinks this whole thing is going? Do you think that they are desperate to do more for Ukraine or do they think Ukraine is held up well and that Russia is not going to be able to take it over? Or is there somewhere in between those? Probably somewhere in between, John. It's a very fine line that the Pentagon and, of course, uh, their bosses at the White House and this administration are handling Russia. They want to help the Ukrainians. They're sending thousands of weapons to Ukraine. However, the Ukrainians want more. They want more surface-to-air missiles. They want more anti-tank missiles. They want more advanced air defense systems like the Russian S-300 system that Slovakia and Romania have, Bulgaria. They want these systems inside the country. So it's it's tough because just today on Capitol Hill, there was a hearing with the top U.S. commander in Europe, General Todd Walters. He spoke to the House Armed Services Committee, and many Republican lawmakers asked, Asked him point blank, if more stingers, more weapons were in Ukraine sooner, would that have stopped Russia? And he admitted it could. Uh, One very telling exchange with Congressman Mike Waltz, the first Green Beret in Congress, a congressman from Florida, our listeners know very well. He asked General Walters about those stingers and also about two U.S. warships that were in the Black Sea in January, two guided missile destroyers, they were in the Black Sea in January, and those warships were ordered to leave as the threat of the invasion uh, ramped up. And many congressmen were having questions about why the Biden administration would order two warships to vacate the area. Clearly, the administration did not want to take on the Russian forces. They wanted to help Ukraine defend themselves. I think that right now is a part of the disconnect with some of the government officials in Ukraine, some of the people on the ground who just want more help. They realize they're not going to have you know, the Biden administration is not going to send American soldiers on the ground in Ukraine. The people there uh, understand that they just want more help. The one, you know, aspect though is, and you, we certainly saw it with these MiG 29s that the, the Ukrainians wanted, and the Biden administration pretty much put a stop to it. Is the administration doesn't want to send weapons like MiG-29 fighter jets to potentially escalate the conflict further. Now, it's a very fine line because, of course, the Russians are not, you know, handing out, you know, a list of demands of, hey, if you send this, we will escalate to World War III or use nuclear warheads. So it's a very fine line. It's very difficult. So the Pentagon uh, is handling this, uh, you know, 
what they think the best they can, supplying Ukraine with arms, trying to get more weapons in there. But clearly, uh, the Ukrainian officials are not satisfied. They want more. They're demanding more. And we certainly heard it uh, on Capitol Hill today with some lawmakers, particularly many Republican lawmakers, who want to cut through the red tape, cut through some of the, the bureaucracy, and get more weapons there and get them there quicker. Kind of crazy to think there's 102,000 U.S. troops stationed in Europe right now. Talk about boots on the ground there. Fox's Lucas Thomason, his boots are back on U.S. ground. We're very thankful for that. Lucas, we're also thankful for you for taking the time to join us here on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. John, thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.